Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And we've got something really fun for you this week, Best Buds. The season's almost over, but you've got plenty of break time between now and early January to check out some shows that are off the beaten path, some shows you might have passed over but might just be worth your time. We've got two recommendations for you, so stay tuned. But before that, we've got a little bit of banter. we got some anime news. Best Boy Dan, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Ooh, that was spicy. Usually, usually I'm the one kicking into the banter. Well, listen, we're, uh, we're we're calling an audible today. That, oh yeah, that's, that's a sports that's ball term. Wild. <laughs> we're just going wild here on on Best Boys Radio. Um, speaking of going wild, <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Henjo, um, which we're gonna start off with is not. Um, I would say is uh, of the seinen. Uh, comedy variety. Okay. It is uh, not for uh, the youngins. Okay. Um, How'd you kids? It's like, it's like what if an ecchi manga, but like kind of flipping the script. It's like still from the like kind of like eye of like an ecchi story, but like the content is more kind of the opposite, where like the female protagonist is the one who is like, um, more into you know males bodies and is the traditional like pervert in the story okay all right i dig it um and i enjoy it for that character because she is written in a really interesting way her whole like shtick is that she just says whatever's on her mind like completely unapologetically uh-huh. um and it just happens to be that she's interested in male uh you know members um boners but yeah boners <laughs> um they even refer to her as like a boner new type at one point because <laughs> you can always like tell when uh when a guy is around that's gonna be my new screen name <laughs> boner new type i figured you would like it if only for that one joke yeah it's it's a Um, top but but i i think best boy justin you should check it out because it's it's definitely like a little bit more um mature and kind of crass humor but it's Mm. if you are into that i think it's it's uh kind of an off the beaten path pick but but kind of fun okay neat Speaking of mangas, um, have you? But definite, did you? Did you ever? But definitely also not for kids. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it. This is not. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, did you ever uh, catch up with uh, my divorced crybaby neighbor? Oh my god, yes, I did. That, I thought we talked about this. No, we never in, talked in about real life it. And not recorded. Well, I, it just it just came <laughs> to me. I don't know why I just thought of it, but I was like, oh my god, did you did he watch? Did he see it? Well, how how fortuitous! Now it's content. Now it's content, baby. <laughs> that shit was smooth, dude. Yo, I don't know entirely how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, I like. I'm just. I. It's. I, I I will be interested to see how they play it. We have some wait time. It seems like they're going to take like a little winter break. Okay. Um, but like one hell of a cliffhanger. Like it, it just it could go so many ways afterwards. Yeah. That I like I don't know how to feel about it yet. Okay, fair enough. I think that's a that's a, a nuanced and it, it, take. It's it's definitely really hard to 
talk about it because it's like such a cliffhanger yeah it's like kind of the culmination of like two seasons worth of content yeah. but uh i am glad i, I started uh, reading that it's a really uh, good manga, manga. <clears throat> have we talked about like the what it's about on here yeah we've talked about it before but we could just do a quick little refresher yeah, I mean, it's basically about, like, two characters, and, you know, they have, like, some satellite characters, but it's primarily focused on the, these two characters. This one uh, older woman who was recently divorced and, like, really has her kind of confidence, like, destroyed, and her um, younger male neighbor who's just kind of, like, this really wholesome, sweet guy. Yeah, he's like a golden retriever. He's got... <laughs> he really is. <laughs> Um, and like it, part of the fun in it is like, you can never really tell if like, he's like into her, or just like a nice guy. Um, so like, there's lots of like, you know, uh, like blushing moments and whatnot. And it, it, it's, it's a really cute story. Also would not recommend for the younger audience though. No, because, and also this is funny <laughs> because I actually, I saw this debate online the other day and one of the funny parts was like, someone was like, when are they going to bang? Ha, 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 ha. But it turns out they actually do because the author releases special bonus chapters on his fan box, which is kind of like a, a Japanese like Patreon for like, like content creators. And those, really? those are the chapters where they get it on. Really? Yeah. So it actually like gives the fans everything they ask for. I mean, you have to pay for it, but yeah. That's, you know, honestly, like, I'm I'm not going to. Um, sure. Mostly because I can't read <laughs> don't, Japanese. Don't ignore all the <laughs> typing going down from uh, Best Boy Dan's mic right now. But uh, but what I will say is, is I'm, like, F-A-M-B-S. really kind of thoroughly impressed with the, like, the synergy of all of it. Like, that's, like, a really good business model. It is, and it's not the only... The, it's not the only way uh, of their uh, mangas that they do that for. There are, There's another one that they do that for as well. I don't remember which one. Um, but, yeah, I but, think... I mean, it's nice because you can kind of court two classes of audience without alienating either one, too. Exactly. And apparently none of those bonus chapters are, like, part of... Like, they don't have major story developments, so it's not like you're missing out on mm-hmm. them if you don't read them. But they are canon, I'm guessing? They're canon, but they don't, like, if you don't read them, you won't know that they didn't happen, basically. They don't affect See, the main like, storyline. That is the perfect solution. I love that. Yeah. I, I wish more, that would happen more. It's also, like, a really great way to kind of, like, corner the doujinshi market. Exactly, right? You, can't, like, just, you can't get better like doujins than the author himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, okay, so cool. That turned into a little extra impromptu section. I like yeah. it. I dig it. Spontaneous um, content. Yeah, and then uh, kind of to wrap up my section, uh, I guess I'm going to be a basic bitch and <laughs> talk about uh, chat GPT. Of course. Because um, it's like the new hotness. But I, you know, I had my own fun on it and... Um, I had it write uh, a Best Boys episode. I think Best Boy Justin, you did the same uh, today too, right? I did. I did a couple things with ChatGPT today just because I was curious. But I want to hear what you came up with because I haven't heard this yet. Um, oh, I, again, I thought we... You, you told me that you did it, but I... you didn't have it saved so you couldn't show me. 
Yes, the reason this week's episode is late, too, is I've also just been in a black hole of non-existence for, like, two weeks. I thought you were going to say because um, you've been doing chat GPT for the past two weeks. Be, uh, because I am chat GPT. Yeah, it's I'm been pretty busy. I'm been responding to everyone. Um, yeah, it's, I haven't slept a lot. Um, so uh, I, I actually just had it write an episode that we already did because I was like kind of curious how it would stack up. Um, and I was like, write a podcast episode about America's representation in anime. And it was surprisingly like accurate okay. um, in, in tone and like kind of hit on just some of the like general points. Like it was, this was like, you know, the kind of essay you would see, like, coming out of, like, junior high or something. It's like, right. it hit all the, like, headline points and, you know, even quoted some, like, sources of things. Um, it would totally work. They, I, I forget what detail was off in it, though. And, and I know you had some similar yeah. issues, too. But it just, like, it whiffed one thing really hard it, where it... Oh, I, I was... I was having. I was trying to get it to recommend me um, shonen manga or uh, not shonen manga or anime, right? Because I was like, "Hey, recommend me some anime," and it like you know, it's Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, One Piece, like Sword Art Online, like you know, all the you know, Attack on Titan, all the the things you would expect out of it. I was like, "Can you give me something with like more of a story or like something that's not shown in. And then it would be like, Oh, you should check out like Ace of Diamonds. That's not shown in. I'm like, uh, uh, not, not quite. You tried. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. So I... it, it, it was like sort of uncanny Valley, but also like just knowing the content. Well, I was like, that's way off, but yeah. not knowing the content could totally believe it. Yeah, I think ChatGPT exists in a kind of weird frame for me because, like, I definitely think the whole AI art thing is not good. Um, the way it's being done right now, like, where basically it steals other people's work to make its own work, which is, hey, not good. But I think ChatGPT is kind of more, like, morally and ethically not quite as bad. Um, but it is kind of funny to see the, the things it comes up with. I actually... I have so uh, I the uh, I had it write a, a synopsis for a Yuri anime. Um, oh, and I actually it have really it here. Do you want me to read it? <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, it's it's worth listening. to. All right, guys. So this this I had it. This is the prompt I gave it. I said, please. I say please because I don't want the robots to be mad at me. Um, <laughs> please write a synopsis for a Yuri anime about hot springs set during the Meiji Restoration. Okay. So this is what it came up with, and this is actually pretty impressive. I would watch it. Our story takes place during the Meiji Restoration in Japan, a time of great cultural and political change. The main characters are two young women, Yumi and Chio, who have been friends since childhood. Yumi is the daughter of a wealthy merchant, while Chio is the daughter of a poor farmer. Despite their differences in social status, the two girls have always been close and support each other through thick and thin. One day, Yumi's father invites Chio to join them on a trip to a hot spring resort. At first, Chio is hesitant to accept, knowing that she would be out of place in such a fancy place. But Yumi insists, saying that they can have a fun and relaxing time together. As the girls enjoy the hot springs and the beauty of the surrounding mountains, they begin to develop feelings for each other. At first, they are unsure how to express their feelings, but eventually they confess their love for each other. Despite the challenges they face to, due to their different social classes, Yumi and Chio's love for each other remains strong. 
They vow to support each other and be there for each other no matter what the future holds. This is a heartwarming Yuri anime about the power of love and friendship set against the backdrop of the Meiji Restoration in Japan. Like, wow. Yeah. This is <laughs> this is interesting because it's like it's basically written a fanfic about a like something that doesn't exist. But also Rie Takahashi is gonna be the voice actor for Chio, so get ready. It's coming out in 2024. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> best boys production yes um so it, it's it's definitely one of those things where it's like crap in crap out yeah like sort of deal if if you give it the right string of words it can make some incredible magic um yeah but at the same time if if you don't play to its strengths you're not gonna you know, get a good result out. I mean, I so. can I can see in the not too distant future programs like this being used to write copy for like, like oh, not super complicated sure. things, but like if you wanted to write copy for just like a, <laughs> a product or like like a minor vacation destination, you know, like I can see I can see Airbnb using this for like if you were like, hey, I want to look at Airbnbs in Boston, and it'd be like, hey, write a write a tourist brochure for Boston and then just plaster it up there, you know? Yeah. No, I, I like, I, without diving too deep into this, because, like, I could actually talk about this for a long time, because I thoroughly believe that it's going to replace, like, my job. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to replace my, my job. job. <laughs> like, I, I'm specifically going to end up, like, having to be the person who communicates with it to get it to do what <laughs> we need it to. Um, the AI whisperer end up in this situation, um, <laughs> but uh, I I would say that like it's it's not going to be replacing us yeah. anytime soon, right? Like you're still going to be coming to the best boys for all your anime podcast goodness, um, but it, there are definitely situations where it's going to replace people. Like the first one that comes to my mind is paralegals gone. Oh yeah, that stuff is all you could. It's all basically just pulling from things. Yeah, yeah, I so. guess that makes sense. Interesting. So, it'll be interesting. This is the first time I've seen this sort of technology and and been like, oh, I get it now. This is this is for real the future. Yeah, this isn't this isn't chatbot on Google in two thousand and <laughs> like nine or whatever. Yeah. Let's just hope it doesn't turn into the racist Microsoft bot. Oh God! They made it too strong. <laughs> They're like, let, "We'll let you consume all of the internet and see what happens." No, maybe don't do that. Um, speaking of consuming the internet, um, 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 um I, I'm throwing this to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but it does. Um, I wanted to spend some time to talk about uh, Chainsaw Man episode eight. Dan, are you caught up with Chainsaw Man? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so just for everybody who's listening, there's not going to be any spoilers. I'm just going to be talking kind of vaguely about how I appreciate Episode Eight as like kind of a work of art, like a self-contained masterpiece almost. Um, I am... Remind me which one Eight is. Eight is the one where it all happens. Oh. Yeah. Like where it... Yeah, where on the, the train is where it happens. Or no, 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 no. Where it starts. Subsequent events after it. Yeah, exactly. The the where it starts. So when the the thing on the train first happens, 
Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, w- I was actually talking with Allie from our anime podcast about this uh, on Instagram. And also, like, just a heads up, if you guys uh, – I don't just talk to other podcasters on Instagram. If you want to talk about stuff in anime, you can get in our DMs uh, at bestboys underscore pod on Instagram. But um, – Yeah, slide in there. Slide in there. Talk talk to us. Um, but, yeah, I think it, it was so perfectly executed. And it to me, it felt like almost like a ballet. Like the, all of the different pieces are kind of coming together and you 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 – think you have an idea of what's going on and like you you can definitely see the direction it's taking but it's building it builds tension up until the point where everything happens like uh, again you know I'm, I'm talking vaguely because i don't want to spoil anything but it like a number of things happen at the same time in different places and this episode does a really great job of building the kind of tension you need for such an like it's an earth-shattering change in the direction of the show from up to this point, and it, I thought it was, I was in awe of how well it was done. Um, again, this is as somebody who has not watched, uh, who has not read the manga, so it was a complete, obviously it was a complete surprise for me. Um, but like, even if you have read the manga and knew what was going to happen, I think you can absolutely appreciate just how well executed that episode was. So I'm, I'm curious to kind of hear your thoughts, uh, Best Boy Dan, so- what did you think? I, I think it's it's actually uh, nice that we have kind of differing experiences um, with regards to this because I actually have uh, I'm caught up to the manga as it's airing now right um, and honestly it is maybe even a little bit better having been caught up because I can say two things one uh it's only going to get better from here right and the reason i can confidently say that is because a i know the content that's coming but b seeing how well they handled that plot point and the adaptation of it um from uh you know page to screen gives me incredible confidence in the story going forward because this is and you're getting a taste of it now an incredibly complicated story and um just kind of the way that it navigates itself storytelling wise is very unique um and it it, i think a lot of people who love the manga were really concerned about them being able to do justice to this property like you don't get properties so beloved that get the exact treatment that they deserve like you you see like what happened to like berserk yeah yeah but (laughs) beloved property totally shat on by adaptations yeah um but like chainsaw man is getting the adaptation that the people want and that the people deserve yeah and i i think like i definitely of course i was into the show before episode eight obviously i watched eight episodes of it but um, just I, when I watched that episode, I fully understood the magnitude of how well this show is written. And by extension, also how well the manga is written. Because it was one of those, like, just studying it from a literary standpoint, right? It was, like, the platonic ideal of how you tell a high-tension, high-drama story, in a self within a self-contained unit, you know, um, and I was just I was floored, I was blown away by it. It was absolutely phenomenal. 
Um, well, and I think that that says a lot about the production team on this because whoever is directing and is like, I guess whatever the you know animation equivalent of like director of photography is right. on this are like they're crushing it like these are like movie quality episodes like even just thinking about the like most recent one in that like kind of graveyard with all the like crosses yeah yeah like just the the striking visual elements of it and it's all like laid out on the page but like the way it's done on screen too is like unbelievable yeah and i mean i felt like like every episode looks like a movie it reminded me that that sequence in the beginning of episode eight reminded me of you've seen um like you're familiar with quentin tarantino films right oh yeah yeah. you know how he always kind of (laughs) big fan and the hateful eight is a really good example of this where a bunch of pieces are being placed one by one to all explode at the same time and it that that's exactly what it reminded me of. It reminded me of the way Tarantino lays out his films, which is of course probably not an accident because we have that that kind of callback to Tarantino in the OP. It's definitely not. Um, oh, it's it, Tarantino is very obviously like a huge inspiration of the mangaka, of course, and of and obviously you know the thing that I the, that you're referencing with the graveyards. That whole scene definitely reminded me a lot of, you know, some of the the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, those spaghetti mm-hmm. Western films, um, which is probably being referenced as well. Um, but I'm not going to go on for go on about it too far. Like, I just wanted to this is this is for the fans of the show out there who maybe saw the same thing I did. Um, maybe you didn't. Maybe you disagree with us. Let us know. Um, if you haven't been watching the show, uh, you should probably watch it. It's definitely worth your time. Um but yeah, any final thoughts on that, uh, Best Boy Dan? Oh my god, watch Chainsaw Man. Yeah, it's watch so it. good. Um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about, I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of insight into the way my brain works. So like, how do I choose... Oh god. I know, yes. Yeah, stra- <laughs> Turn it off now. Stretch it. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> I wanted to give you an idea of like the, the path my mind follows when choosing to watch a show. Because it's not normal, I don't think. Or maybe it is, I don't know. But we're going to talk about how I ended up watching a particular show. And this all starts... I mean, every time I try and watch something, I basically just have an existential crisis. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I don't do that. So I'm sure you're doing better. (laughs) Um, So this all starts with One Piece, right? So as you, Best Boy Dan, know, and some of the listeners probably as well, I've been kind of tackling One Piece in bits and pieces. (laughs) See what I did there? Um... But um, lately, I've been really into it, right? Like, it finally it finally hit for me, you know? It, was, it really clicked. Um, I'm basically... I finished, How many episodes in are you in? Like, 80-something. So I'm almost 10% okay. through. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, and it really, it, it really kind of hit. I'm now, like, in the middle of the second season uh, somewhere, or maybe, like, in the first third of the second season. Um but I've been really enjoying it. The show is phenomenal. Obviously, it's an enormous undertaking. I probably won't be finished with it for another five years or something um, when I'll be caught up. And then by then, it'll be like episode 2000 or something. But um, So that's where this kind of story begins. And I was the other night, I think like a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was, I was sitting there. It was like three in the morning on a Saturday or something. 
And I was like, yeah, like I really enjoy the one of the things I really enjoy about watching this particular part of One Piece is that it is an older anime. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, older anime just hits different sometimes, you know? And that can be good or it can be bad. And like I was thinking to myself, like, what's another old anime that I might want to watch? And I was just kind of browsing through Crunchyroll, just kind of looking for like, what's some what's a show that I know but never finished and is older? And that's when Roroni Kenshin popped up in my uh, my Crunchyroll list, and I was like, "Oh, this show!" Mm. So that's how I started watching Roroni Kenshin, right? Um, which comes with its own set of baggage because I don't know how much do you know about the whole scan, the whole thing with the the writer, the mangaka from Roroni Kenshin. He was like caught with cp right yeah he was massive amounts of it and the the huge yeah. the huge problem with that is that he only ever the only punishment he ever had he had to pay a fine and the fine was like yeah. two thousand dollars so like not cool and and he's like still alive and working so oh yeah these feel great about he's still working <laughs> on this him. particular property so yeah that's why you know it's kind of a complicated moral area where you know, I'm watching the show and like, cause I never, and I did never end up finishing the show uh, as a kid. Mm. And I was just like, like, you know, thinking about what does it mean to, to watch this show? Can you separate the art from the artist? You know, all those typical questions that you have. Right. Um, mm. Which I'm not going to get into a moral debate about it in the moment. That's not what <laughs> that's this, for another podcast. Yeah, that's not what this story is about. I just you know wanted to for people who are going to be like, "Hey, watch Maroni Kenshin. He doesn't know." No, I know, I know the thing, and I'm thinking about it, and it's something I'm I'm cognizant of and dealing with. Um, but that in turn led me to think about the kind of time period that this uh, that Maroni Kenshin is set in, and it's set in that kind of Meiji Restoration. Um, period in Japan where like Western influences are starting to what? Speaking of which, I just heard about this great um, Yuri story (laughs) in the Meiji Restoration period in a hot spring. Oh, it has hot springs. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I've been thinking thinking about that period and those of you who've listened to the podcast for a while will know that it's a period of of Japanese history that I'm like really interested in and part of the reason why I'm interested in it is just because it's got this kind of uneven and like scattered application of modernity so like you have like cars and rifles and electric lights and stuff uh, in the cities but then like slayer time period right exactly yeah but then like in in the villages and in the the mountains and the, the stuff like that you just it's basically like the same feudal level of japan that they've always had um and i'm really interested in this time period and it's something i i really enjoy studying and learning about um, and that in turn got me thinking of another anime uh, that I wanted to start watching because again, I have some time now because we're, we're entering the part, the part of the, the year where shows are ending, but new shows don't start until January. So we have some free time. Um, and that is how I ended up watching another show that is set in the same time period, albeit a bit later in the Meiji Restoration. This one's set in 1907. Roroni Kenshin is set in like the eighteen, the late eighteen eighties, um, which is like the, kind of the earlier parts of the Meiji uh, period. Um, but that is how I started uh, watching Golden Kamui again, um, wh- ah. which is a show that I picked. I started watching it a couple seasons back. I watched like the first five episodes, 
And I was like, yes, I want to watch this, but I don't have time. Um, and that's how I ended up now watching it when I have time. And I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm in like episode like 13 or 14. Um, I think that is one of those shows that's been on my list for a really long time. I think it's really worth it because it's got a perfect balance of like you've got your action sequences. It's got a mystery. You've got your historical um, like kind of vignettes and you're learning about also like the Ainu people, which are the indigenous people in Hokkaido, um, which is something I had never known about. But then also you just have just hilarious slapstick comedy um, mixed in. And, uh, yeah, and it's really great. Um, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. That's how, uh, how I ended up watching it was a ride, but like, it's definitely worth watching it. If that's, if you're interested in anything I just talked about, um, I feel like I have that on my list and, um, Gintama have been on my list for like a really long time. Yeah. Gintama is another one that I would like it one, one day when I don't have to, when I can do this for a living, um, then I'll have time to watch both Gintama and One Piece. But for now, I'm just watching yeah, One Piece. Gintama's like what? Like two over 200? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so now I'm watching Golden Kamui, and that has, that is that is the path that my mind took from One Piece to Golden Kamui. Oh, it seems like an interesting path. I, uh, I'll see if I can't uh, talk to my... Uh, friend in an alleyway and see if they have any uh backdoor roroni kenshin backdoor roroni kenshin <laughs> yeah. hey yo you're lucky i don't have my soundboard hooked up um hey yo, hey, yo. but speaking of soundboards uh i think that's a bad transition into a good time <laughs> to check in with studio web for some anime news That's right, best buds. We have all the anime news that could possibly be curdling in your refrigerator right now. You see, this was a perfect opportunity for you to do something <laughs> Christmas-themed, and yet here we are. Uh, you, you know what? You're right. Eggnog curdling in your, yeah. in your news fridge. I don't know. In your news um, fridge. Is that... But what I do know is that Mixed Nuts by official Hige Dandism, uh, also known as the OP for the most recent core of uh, Spy Family, is the fifth most Googled song of 2022, um, which is kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, um, it's an awesome song, so I'm not surprised. It's great. Uh I don't think it's my top anime OP of the year. Okay, fair. Um, so I'm, like, surprised that that one took off. I would have thought that, like, for me, I would have guessed it would have been, like, Chainsaw Man's OP. A, it's a great song as well. Yeah. But also, it's, like, kind of culturally flashpointy. But I guess uh, Spy uh, Family is actually, like just crushing the actual like viewing numbers i think also the thing about spy family with regards to its op's popularity versus chainsaw man i think one thing that i've noticed is that spy family is drawing in a lot of people who don't watch anime very often whereas i don't Mm. think chainsaw man is um because it just because of the difference in content i don't think people are going like like, ooh, Chainsaw Man. I don't watch anime, but I'm into that. <laughs> like, if you're watching Chainsaw Man, you're probably already into anime. But, like, I have a couple friends Maybe. who don't watch anime but are really into Spy Family. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Um, I, I guess I would have thought it the opposite way, but either way, I'm, I'm stoked that it's getting out there. I actually really like official gay dandism. Um, I think they're a super cool band and people should check them out. Uh, I think they also did the Tokyo Revengers OP, if I'm not incorrect. I think so. Probably look it up. Um, but like, they're awesome. So would, would recommend. Cool. Um, up next, um, I I was uh, so busy this week that I didn't have time to do much on the pod. And Best Boy Justin like hooked me up with some of these news stories, <laughs> and I it, it is astounding how like perfect these stories are for me. Gotcha. Um, Bandai opened an official website uh, to announce its new crossover trading card game project. Project Union Arena, uh, the thing that I am desperately going to try not to spend my money on. Okay. Um, which will launch on March 24th, 2023. It is the Dream All-Star card game, uh, quote-unquote. And it features cards from anime series such as Jujutsu Kaisen, Hunter x Hunter, Demon Slayer, My Hero Academia, Code Geass, uh, Lelouch of the Rebe- Rebellion, <laughs> Revolution, uh, Bleach, and the Revolution. Um, the first wave of starter decks, booster packs, and card sleeves will be for Jujutsu Kaisen, Hunter x Hunter, and Code Geass, uh, and it will launch on March 24th. The second wave includes Demon Slayer and the Idol Master shiny colors, which I'm not familiar with. Um, that will debut in on April 28th, and the Wave for Tales of Arise, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, and Bleach Thousand Year War will debut in May of 2023. And lastly, uh, the Wave for My Hero Academia will debut in June of 2023. They aim to release new products about once a month after that. Um, I have a history with uh, trading card games. Okay. That's interesting. Go go ahead because I also have something with this trading card game that I wanted to. to... Uh, I just personally like when I was growing up, I was super into like trading card games. Like I started with Magic and then Pokemon cards, and then uh, Dragon Ball Z was like my main one, and then like Yu Gi Oh and Naruto, and like I love card games, but they are a horrible money sink. They absolutely are. And along those lines, I, I wanted I, to ask, like, what makes this... Maybe you... Are you familiar with Vice's Schwarza? No, but don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> no, Vice's Schwartz is a card game that I think they're just kind of ripping off a little bit. Because it already exists. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a battle card game, but it uses characters from like every single like anime property you can think of like they've got everything oh. from like Bakemono Gitari to Miss to wow. Dragon Maid and Konosuba um I'm actually just looking at the list right now I don't think they have any of the properties that this one has so that's probably the difference is that these particular ones have been licensed to Bandai um but I think that's interesting. I don't know. Maybe they're going for like a kind of competition for Weiss Schwartz because this is pretty popular. Like, I don't know. You, you Did you see when we were at Anime NYC um, it, over like by the exhibition station where it first uh, where Hollow Live was? There were some tables set up and people were playing a card game. 
Yeah. That was this card game. That was Weiss Schwartz. Oh, so, interesting. Um, yeah, so just a little connection there. But interesting. I, I probably won't yeah. get this, but I'm curious about it. <laughs> no, I mean, it seems interesting. Like, I like all of those properties. And, like, I think if I were younger and had disposable income, I could totally see myself uh wasting a lot of money on that i don't recommend people get into it it's interesting but i don't i think card games are probably not the way to spend your money yeah if i'm gonna get involved in another money pit i'll just start playing warhammer 40k again yeah bill well yeah especially with the all the henry cavill news Mm -hmm. um i wish he would have done an anime project but you know i'll take warhammer there's still time yeah (laughs) um and then to kind of wrap out my particular corner of uh the news refrigerator um viz media announced on tuesday that the monthly subscription price for its english shonen jump service will increase from a dollar 99 to 2.99 beginning in january of 2023 it will also stop accepting payments via paypal on january 17th it launched its shonen jump service in december of 2018 uh which offered simultaneous publishing of serialized manga from shueisha's weekly uh shonen jump magazine as well as a selection from the Shonen Jump Plus online manga service, the Jump SQ magazine, and catalog manga. The service is available in the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Ireland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, the Philippines, Singapore, and India. Um, so a couple of things to say about that. That's not entirely true, actually. Like Shonen Jump had a service prior to December of 2018. This is just kind of the most... Um, current incarnation of it. Right. I've actually, in a weird way, I've I've been reading Shonen Jump in a lot of incarnations throughout the years. Like I remember going to Barnes and Noble and buying print versions, paperback versions of Shonen Jump as a kid. Mm. Um, you were doing it before it was cool. Yeah, it was definitely not cool back then. <laughs> it's debatable <laughs> it whether or not it's uncool. cool now. <laughs> um. But then they had this this uh, like online service, which was kind of similar to what it was now, what it is now. Um, but it was super dope because they used to send you um, all kinds of like free like promo cards and stuff. Like I got a whole bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh promo cards from them, oh. um, just like mailed to me like every quarter. It do you was, remember back when just cool. companies used to just do that? Do you remember demo discs? Oh yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. They don't, companies don't I, do like, that anymore. Uh, well, especially, like, magazines used to come with, like, you know, a, a level of a video game on them. Yeah. Or, like, multiple, like, game packs. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> I remember... Okay, hold on. I'm going to get real old for a second. I remember buying a, a DVD set of anime and the last disc in the set being just a disc full of um, previews for other animes oh my god i i'll do you one better i had um this is a little off topic but i had a friend whose uncle worked for nintendo and he used to get (laughs) all of the distributor copies of the games for game boy so like they all they all wait is this like a for real my uncle works for nintendo story no this is for real because he used to get them they were all black cartridges they didn't have any art on them they just had like a little label on it that would say like Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening or whatever. Like, because they were official distributor copies. 
So, like, he had every single Game Boy game and never had to buy one. He was basically our Game oh Boy God, library. This would be worth so much money today. I think he, saw, he probably still has them. I don't think he's supposed to, though. Like, if he tried to sell them, Nintendo would probably get involved. I mean, black market. Yeah, there you I go. I got a guy in an alley. I got a guy. But, yeah, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah, moving on. Uh, I... If you don't mind, I'm just going to take this next uh, part of our release and update segments. Before you do, I just wanted to comment. I call, I did, i pretty sure I did predict on the pod that they were going to increase their price, so I was right. And I still think $2.99 is pretty reasonable. Uh, it is. Uh, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I mean, obviously you're not happy. Like, why? no one would be happy about paying more, but... Yeah. Yeah, I also, with the amount I use it, I want to support them, but I don't know if it is worth it for me to continue paying that. Fair enough. You should just get Manga Plus. A lot of this stuff on on uh, Jump Plus is on Manga Plus. I mean, right now, the re- only thing I'm really reading from them is Chainsaw Man, which... Is on there. You just have to... Yep. It only gives you the most recent three uh, chapters. And I'm, I'm all caught up. Look at you. <laughs> um but we have some awesome new releases and updates we want to share with y'all um so kicking that off uh i want to kind of if you haven't heard be the first to tell you that ash and pikachu's journey is finally coming to an end after 25 years 25 Um, years i you know i heard this today and i actually was like a little sad about it yeah i like haven't watched the show in like 20 years but (laughs) but it's still like it's um it feels like the end of an era a little bit yeah um but uh we're getting an 11 episode epilogue series uh early next year called pokemon aim to be a master um so i think i'm actually gonna check it out because you know i'm curious how they're gonna end one of the longest running stories (laughs) yeah i mean it's definitely like you said it's definitely the end of an era there are tons and tons of people who whose entryway into uh, into anime is pokemon whether they know it or not and there are people whose like only experience with anime is pokemon you know um yeah so it's a it's definitely a kind of end of an era changing of the guard um the new protagonist from what i understand is there's going to be one uh boy one girl um, they bear, apparently both look like characters from uh, Witch from Mercury, which is funny. Um, <laughs> they, you know what? Now that you say that, they totally do. The, the guy looks like Ghoul, and the girl looks like um, Nika uh, from Earth oh, House. Oh yeah, the Earthian girl. Yeah. Um, so that's funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, changing of the guard with Pokemon. It's crazy, crazy time. Um, yeah. Speaking of Witch from Mercury. Um, we've got some scheduling news for the for the Gundam show. Um, the official Twitter account for Mobile Suit Gundam: The Witch from Mercury has announced that there will be some delays in the releases of the last few episodes of the anime's first part due to special holiday programming in Japan. Um, the episode ten is out already. Um, episode eleven will be releasing on Christmas Day. Okay, so that's December twenty fifth. <laughs> Um, Merry Christmas to you, exactly, Justin. I get Gundam for Christmas, and isn't that the only <laughs> thing I've ever wanted? Um, and then episode twelve will be airing two weeks later on January eighth. So we got a little bit. We, we ended up with like two weeks between episodes. So we had episode ten, and then two weeks later we got episode eleven, and now two weeks after that we'll get episode twelve. 
Um, so for those of you who are watching the show, keep that in mind. They, we, we won't have any on those intervening weeks. Um, let's see. What's next? Uh, the anime adaptation of Norio Sakurai's The Dangers in My Heart manga has announced that it will premiere in April of 2023. Uh, the anime will stream on High Dive. It was announced at uh, Anime NYC, but we have the uh, the new premiere date of April 2023. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, we have uh, some uh, news from Konosuba's spinoff, An Explosion in This Wonderful World. Uh, a new trailer has been released, and it is giving us a release date of April 2023 as well. Um, while this is a spinoff story, I have heard from manga readers that it does help uh, understand some elements of the core story uh, to a certain degree. These are internet rumors and opinions, so take them with a grain of salt, but uh, maybe don't sleep on this one. Like, any additional Konosuba is good Konosuba. Absolutely. I can't wait. Um, I also love Megamine, so I'm excited for this one. Um, next up, the anime adaptation of Aka Akasaka and Mengo Yokoyari's Oshi no Ko manga has released a teaser trailer that announces an April 2023 release date, along with an extended 90-minute uh, version of the first episode yeah. that will screen in theaters in Japan starting on March 17th. Um, so that's wow. pretty cool. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I, I watched the trailer for it. I'm kind of excited for this show. I think it's going to be interesting. I can't, I, I can't wait. don't know anything about it. This is the one with the gynecologist who, um, is supposed to deliver, um, the, I, this idol's children. Um, like it's an idol that you he say loves. this, like I, I know this story. This is wild. No, what? you do know this story. We talked about it on the, um, the episode, the anime NYC episode. Remember? I do not, but uh, that's the beauty of my memory. I get to hear things multiple times for go. the first time. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> the the there's a, an OBGYN, and he's like his favorite idol um, is taking a break so that she can have children, and he's the one who's supposed to deliver her children. But before she gives birth, he dies, and he is reincarnated as one of her children. Whoa! Yeah, wild. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious about this one. Um, but another one that I'm actually kind of excited for that just got greenlit that I actually had no idea about. Um, an anime adaptation of Masahito Soda and Kuro Tomiyama's Firefighter Daigo of Company M, the Orange of National Salvation manga has been announced. That's a hell of a title, by the way. Um, yeah. Has been announced and will air in 2023. No exact release date yet. The synopsis from Viz Media is as follows. Fire, smoke, adrenaline, and fear. When everyone is running to escape from a fire, a few courageous people are running to jump right into the thick of it. Firefighters put their own lives on the line to protect others, and Daigo Asahina has always dreamed of becoming one. He's fresh out of the training academy and has been newly assigned to Medaka Gahama Fire Station. Cocky and overconfident, Daigo responds to a few calls and is quickly humbled and put in his place. He's still got a lot to learn before he can call himself a true firefighter. Um, and I'm actually pretty excited for this one. Um, my grandfather was a firefighter for many years, so it's something that's kind of been in my life since I was a child. Um, I was in the I was in the junior fire company in my neighborhood. I also did some like uh, firefighter adjacent training as an adult because I used to work on an airfield, so that's a thing I had to do. Um, but that's kind of part of the reason why I was drawn to fire force, though. Obviously it's an entirely different type of firefighting. Um, when you literal fire, exactly. Um, but I've been looking for a kind of more realistic firefighting <laughs> anime and this looks like we're going to get it in Daigo. Um, I've never read the manga, so it's going to be totally new for me, but I'm really excited for this one. 
Yeah, it seems right up your alley. Absolutely. Um, and then to round out this section. Things that uh, are up my alley. GL, yeah, GL Bunko has announced that Inori's I'm in Love with the Villainous light novel series is getting an anime adaptation that will air in 2023. The synopsis from Seven Seas is as follows. Ordinary office worker o- Oashi? Oashi, yeah. Uh, Oashi Ray wakes up uh, in the body of the protagonist of her favorite Otome game, Revolution. To her delight, the first person to greet her is also her favorite character, Claire Francois, the main antagonist of the story. Now Ray is determined to be the romance Claire, uh, determined to romance Claire instead of the game's male leads. But how will her villainous lady love react to the new courtship? Um, I can see why this is up here. Right yeah, I mean, I've never read the manga or light novel for this one. I had no idea it existed, but it's yeah, I, it's whole. It's all of my yes. I, I can't wait for this. Why is there like this weird surge of like Otome villainous themed by anime? I don't know. I think it's probably because like the whole the whole genre got a kickstart with my life as a villainess, right? And then, like, uh, it, yeah. you know how the pipeline works. So, like, there's one big thing. And then, like, three then, years later. Because it, they have to work their way through the light novel stage and the manga stage. And then, again, the anime comes out. So, I think we're, we're seeing the rebound from that initial My Life as a Villainess yeah. thing. Huh. It makes me wonder, like, what, what like, trend is going to pop off next. I wonder if it's going to be being reincarnated as someone else's child. <laughs> I mean <laughs> the birth isekai. Yeah. Any yeah, any way isekai can spread out further, I'm sure it'll find a way. I don't know, maybe maybe it's like Ivy. Maybe maybe it'll end up being isekais that involved inanimate objects, like when I got reincarnated as a sword. Um I mean I can only hope that it's like isekais where they opt to not go with slavery. Yeah, oh, that would be great. With slavery. Would be super uh, like well, I'm I'm really enjoying that that has happened once. I would like to see it happen more. Well, here's that's the thing about that I really like about um reincarnated as a sword is that the the main character gets to kill the person who enslaved her and I really enjoy that about that. I love that for her. Yeah. You know? We should definitely have more anime where that happens. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have an anime where someone is enslaved, they should get to kill the person who enslaves them. That's my that's my official opinion on the matter. Um, but speaking of my official opinion on things, um, we're going to go ahead and move on into our next anime news segment. Um, and we've got some Gundam news. What's this? Uh, hot on the heels of Gundam Evolutions, we've got another new Gundam game coming out on PC in 2023. Uh, Gundam Battle Operation 2 was slated to release this year. However, after facing some production delays due to server issues, um, the development team has announced that it will be ready for a network test early next year with a full release to follow shortly afterwards. Um, Bandai Namco Entertainment describes the game as follows. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation 2 builds on the critically acclaimed land-based combat of its predecessor and takes the 6v6 action up a notch with all new space battle, uh, space-based battle, space battles. Infantry battles add another dimension to the in-game combat, giving pilots the ability to take part in the fight alongside mechas, placing bombs in enemy bases, or requesting support fire to help decide the outcome of the battle. Additionally, customizable mobile suits offer players the opportunity to enhance their favorite mecha through development points earned in battle. 
Um, the game is already out on PS4 and PS5, and it is free to play. Um, I'm not terribly familiar with this one because I think it was Japan only for a while. I think from what I've been able to gather about it, I think it's kind of like Battlefront, but with Gundams, which sounds pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I more Gundam games is good. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. I'm I'm ready for it to come out. I'll play it when it comes out. Um, yeah. Next up, do you are you ready, Best Boy Dan, for some news about one of the greatest sports anime on the market? Oh yeah, yeah. Blue Lock. No, High Dive has announced that they will begin streaming the third Girls und Panzer das Finale uh, film. Both das Finale. Yeah, yeah. Um, das Finale Part 3, and there's a Part 4 coming, so don't get too excited. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, they're Attack on Tightening me. They are. Uh, but they're going to be uh, streaming it with subs and dubs beginning on December 19th. High Dive describes it thusly. Uh, firepower and Strategy are the name of the game, as six, me- uh, six more schools square off uh, on three additional battlegrounds. As Uwarai's uh, tank team continues their brutal face-off against Chihatan, uh, the firefights also rage between Anzio and Saint Gloriana, Kuro Morimine and Pravda, and Jatkotsota and Saunders. Uh, six teams enter, and only the survivors will advance. Um, High Dive is also streaming the first two movies in the series, and a fourth is planned for 2023. The first film features new characters from BC Freedom High School as they engage in a winter battle, while the second film depicts the uh, finale of the battle between Uare Girls Academy and BC Freedom High School, and also shows the battles for Kuro Morimine Girls Academy, Pravda Girls High School, and other schools. Um, so yeah, we got more more Girls in Panzer coming out. More tank battles uh, is always more better. Absolutely. And I, I haven't caught up on the movies yet. I have watched the some of the OVAs. Um, but I am looking forward to getting some time, maybe even over the holidays, to sit back down I with this series. I know what we're doing this holiday season. There you go. Perfect. We're watching uh, Girls in Panzer the way God intended. Uh, and finally, <laughs> we've got some some big news from the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. Um, for their uh, 2023 Anime Awards, Crunchyroll is shaking up the cat the uh, categories. Um, yeah, they've announced the following new categories for awards this year. Best Anime Song, Best Continuing Series, Best Original Anime, Presenter's Choice, Special Achievement Award, Must Protect at All Cost Character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. Uh, Best Main Character, Best New Series, and Best Supporting Character. Um, Hmm. Additionally, the Best Voice Actor Performance will include awards for Arabic, Castilian, uh, English, French, German, Italian, Japanese, Portuguese, and Spanish performances. Um, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Also, Crunchyroll will be removing four categories. Best Boy, Best Girl, Best Antagonist, and Best Fight Scene. Um, Mm. Which is an interesting choice. I, I, well, as the Best Boys, I have feelings on the first two. But I I especially dislike them removing Best Antagonist and Best Fight Scene. Yeah, I'm not, I think they probably did it because they, they... They're like, hey, if we're gonna add all of these, we need to cut some. And these are what got cut. And I'm... I... I also suppose that, like, best fight scene is, like, just asking for trouble. Yeah, I mean, but don't worry, Best Buds. We, <laughs> the best boys, um, will pick up Crunchyroll's slack, and we will be crowning a best boy, a best girl, a best antagonist, and probably even a best fight scene. Um, so yeah. stay tuned. Um, all told, the uh, the award ceremony will announce the winners of Anime of the Year, Best Animation, Best Anime Song, 
best character design, best comedy, best continuing series, which is an interesting choice, um, best director, best fantasy, best film, original anime, romance, score, presenter's choice, and the special achievement award. Um, the presenter's choice award will allow a special guest to present an award to an honored contributor of their choice. Um, the recipient could be a person, studio, or company acknowledged for various reasons, including overcoming a major professional hurdle, a milestone, or congratulating them for inspirational contributions. Um, the Special Achievement Award is determined by an industry panel selected by the Crunchyroll team. It is meant to denote legendary status to its recipient based on their contributions to the anime industry. So I'm very curious to see who's going to win that this year. Um, yeah, especially like the first one. Yeah. Voting will open for the 7th Annual Anime Awards on January 19th, 2023, and will close on the 26th. Uh, nominees are selected by the Anime Awards judging panel. Um, the program will take place in Japan for the first time at the Grand Prince Hotel. Uh, New Takanawa's Hiten Main Banquet Hall in Tokyo on March 4th, 2023, with hosts Sally Amaki and John Kabita. Um, we, uh, it looks like the best boys invitation got lost in the mail, but we will be covering yeah. it in some capacity. Um, maybe, maybe it's cause I moved. Yeah. It must be because of the move. I can't imagine, you know, maybe they the must not have my new address. Yeah. That's a shame. Um, but just a note on how they're going to be cutting the season off, which I think is interesting. Um, the fall 2022 anime season will not be eligible for this year's awards and will instead... What? Well, they will instead be a part of the 2024 awards. The 2023 awards uh, notes that for a series to be eligible this year, one episode aired on television or online in Japan between November 2021 and September 2022, at least in part... This means that shows which aired during fall 2022 are not eligible for this year's show. However, uh, two core 2021 series are eligible for the 2023 awards uh, after also appearing in the 2022 awards. So in short, it's very confusing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so weird. So Chainsaw Man won't be on the ballot. Chainsaw Man will not year? be on the ballot until next year. That is correct. But Spy Family will. Yes. Um, okay. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's... Um, and Spy Family will also be on the ballot next year, too. So yeah, Spy Family will be on the ballot this year, and next year, uh, 86 was on the ballot last year and will be on the ballot this year. Um, interesting. So yeah, that's kind of how it breaks down. Um, uh, that will make for interesting awards, I think, because uh, everyone has this season fresh in their mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think we're going to see some interesting stuff. Again, like I said, we will be covering it in some capacity. Um I don't know if we'll do a whole episode on it or maybe we'll just talk about it in our banter section or whatever the case may be. Maybe we'll even do a bonus episode. Who knows? Um, but for the time being, that kind of wraps up everything we had for this uh, this installment of Anime News. Uh, why don't you hit us up? Let us know what you thought about it. Are you excited for the new Crunchyroll Award categories? What do you think about them dropping some of the... Um, categories that they did is there any new show you're excited about coming out do you just want to geek out about anime hit us up uh, we're on instagram at bestboys underscore pod you can also send us an email at the bestboyspod at gmail.com we would love to hear from you uh, with that being said i think it's time for us to go ahead and check in on the meat and potatoes of this week's episode
サロック All right, best buds. So, for the meat and potatoes today,、um, we all know this fall season has been lit. There's just like more anime、uh, than you can handle.、Um, but we have two more that you're doing yourself a disservice if you are not watching.、Um, so, you know, you don't want to spend time with your family this holiday. You want to watch some anime. These are the two to check out. Absolutely. They're a little off the beaten path, but I think they. Are both like really works of art in in their own respects. Absolutely.、Um, and and they're also the thing I kind of love about talking about these two particular anime、um, is that they are kind of the opposite of the biggest shows this season. Like, this is not Chainsaw Man. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not, we're, we're not doing Chainsaw Man. We're not doing My Hero. You're already watching those shows, or at least you should be. Yeah.、Um, Yeah. But I think this is a good opportunity、um, for us to, to give you an idea of some other shows that you might have missed in the,、uh, in the flux, you know? Yeah. So, so, first up, we're going to talk about Do It Yourself.、Um, and then we're going to finish it with Bochi the Rock. Yeah.、Um, and stick around for Bochi the Rock because. Well, I love Do It Yourself. Bochi the Rock is,、uh, in spoilers, my considerations for best anime of the year. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, I, I honestly think it's that good.、Um, so,、uh, up first, though, let's get into Do It Yourself, which I have been so excited about since like, we heard that it was coming out. Because、um, I'm just, you know,、uh, kind of a do it yourself sort of guy. I have a background in like carpentry and electrician work.、Uh, and I like.、Uh, Doing all that stuff. So I was really excited that they were going to do an anime about it. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we, when, as soon as we saw this, we were both like, oh, this is going to be like Yuru Camp, but with, with power tools. With power tools. And we weren't、yeah. wrong. <laughs> but also, it's more、we're, than that. It is.、Um, so it is an original anime from Pine Jam, and they've actually been doing pretty well lately.、Uh, it airs Wednesdays on Crunchyroll,、um, if you want to get caught up before it ends. Uh, the fourth, in- this is the synopsis, by the way. The fourth industrial revolution has led to the development of cutting edge technologies that have rapidly evolved the world. As a result, schools have begun incorporating these technologies into their curriculum, leaving behind the ways of old. One such institution is the elite UU Girls Vocational High School, where both Serufu Yua and her friend Miku Purin.、Uh, Suride have applied. Although tech savvy Purin is accepted into UU High, the accident prone Serifu is rejected and enters the traditional Gata Gata Girls High School instead, driving a wedge into their friendship. On the way to class, Serifu gets into a bike accident, and Rei Yasako, a passerby who attends the same school, fixes her damaged bicycle. Serifu find, later finds that Rei has a passion for old fashioned crafts and is the head of the school's Do It Yourself or DIY club, which is in danger of closing due to lack of members. Oh my god, I've never heard that story in anime before. <laughs> It's,、um, it's almost like realizing... we talked about this exact trope two episodes ago. <laughs>、um, realizing that this may、uh, be her chance to repair a relationship with Purin,、uh, 
Serafu joins the club in hopes of creating projects that could bring them together once more. As the DIY club welcomes new faces, Serafu learns to not only build handicrafts, but also new friendships along the way. Oh, I love that last line of the synopsis. Of course, it's going to be that, that last line of the synopsis is like the exact same as the last line of the AI generated synopsis that we just <laughs> we just generated. I mean, you're not wrong. Um <laughs> You know, I I think this does uh, a pretty decent job of uh, explaining what the show's about, but not kind of all of the charms of it. Yeah. Um, So just to to get a couple of the other details out of the way, the OP is Doki Doki Idea Wo Yorishiko uh, by the cast of of DIY. Uh, It's uh, super cute in a fun and bouncy way, and you can definitely see the characters' personalities shine through their visuals. Uh, I love that the song is actually sung by the cast of the entire show, Uh, and we even get more of that from the ED. Um, The ED uh, was done by Suzuku Hanashi. That's the title. Oh, <laughs> is the ED is Suzuku Hanashi, and it is performed by Serafu and Purin, um, who I, I have to stop calling Purin because in my head it's pudding. But the, um, that's what it's supposed to be, though. Really? That's what pudding means. It's pudding. Oh, yeah, adorable. Her, her, her nickname is pudding. That's why she doesn't like it. Oh, adorable. I just love that the American girl calls her pudding. The American girl may be one of my favorites. Oh, she's great. Um, Yeah, so this one is like almost has like a lullaby quality to it at first, but it kind of evolves into something a bit more upbeat. I love the visuals. Uh, They feature Serafu's pets um, doing a DIY project of their own and of course end with Serafu and Purin holding hands. Uh, for that last little hit of Kawhi. Um, which also side note, I love the pig. Oh my god, yeah. Pig. I have I have I uh-huh. have the pig written at the bottom, but let's talk about it now while we're talking about it. Okay. So she has three pets. She has a dog, a cat, and a pig, and the pig's name is Meat, first of all. Yep. Which is like the best pig name ever. It is. Um and whenever they're eating <laughs> pork, he's like cowering in the corner, shaking. Yeah, he freaks out anytime they eat pork, um, or even when they talk about eating pork too. I think I think that's really funny. Um, mm-hmm. But even deeper than that, I really like how each of her pets has their own distinct personality, and they they oh, yeah. also evolve throughout the show as well. Um, you can definitely see yeah. them reacting to the things that Serufu is going through. Um, and I really like that <laughs> that little detail. Well, and so I think it's probably time to, like, get into it a little bit. Like, for me, one of the things that I love about the show is um, it has this really amazing cast of character. And that's, like, nothing new for this kind of, like, um, slice of life after school club activity sort of genre of shows. Um, But each of these characters are so well done and their personalities are kind of so well defined that it gives the author room to have them interact with each other in very real ways, Um, which you can only have by strongly defined characters. So like you get Whenever you have moments between two characters, elements 
that make up their personality come to the forefront, right? It's, it's, they're not just like the nerd, the, you know, like the butchy one who does all the like tool work, the, you know, the quiet one, the like super feminine one. Like there's, you know, layers to all the characters. Like the president who's like the one that does like, you know, uh, all the like hard stuff and is like really good with the tools also loves um, this like really cute manga and she bonds with like the kind of quiet nerdy girl over it. Sunflower Girls is the name of the manga. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just like, but at the same time, the the head of the club, who's again, not the main character, also has this like really competitive relationship with like the cat girl from from the other school Mm -hmm. and like whenever they're together they're like racing or something and and it it just like it brings levels to all these characters that you just don't usually get this kind of show yeah i think i think also one thing that's worth talking about too is like what is this show exactly like so on its surface you know you can e- you can easily look at the show and just be like yeah it's it's Yuru camp but with you know power tools but like it's it's kind of it's a little bit more than that it does exactly what it says on the package um but it also has this kind of deeper philosophical message if you want to look for it you know um it is a show about like happy cute girls who build things and they deepen their friendships um and like you said the entire set of core characters has like interesting sets of interactions between and amongst them that is is really entertaining and it's cozy but in a much different way from you Kim, which we're never gonna not be able like there's no way to talk about this show without talking yeah. about you Kim. um and the, the kind of the way that i f- felt about it is that Yuru Camp feels like wrapping yourself up in like a big fluffy blanket and looking at pretty scenery. Um, DIY is kind of cozy in the way that you feel like if you're with a bunch of good friends and you're all working on the same thing, you know, like you're all. Yeah, it's it's that kind of that feeling you get of just like being surrounded by like your friends and all being happy together. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But the show also kind of has a much deeper message about consumption and modernization um oh my god yeah so uh, the kind of juxtaposition between the the kind of crafting world and then this fourth industrial revolution world is wild yeah so i mean like the setting is is in the near to mid future which i guess is important when we're talking about the show like to know how it's set and so like you have things like bikes and buses are still in common use obviously um, but so are like delivery drones and monowheel cycles and like household AI. So it's kind of like, um, like, which I love because the so the thing that drives me crazy about a lot of like sci-fi movies is that take place in the not too distant future is that they always kind of like overestimate where tech will be right like everyone will have flying cars, everyone will have electric vehicles, all this sort of stuff. No the people who can afford it will at first yeah but you know people will still be using bikes people will still be using cars you know you'll see a lot more cars converted to electric vehicles or something like that yeah i mean and like you know the things that are depicted in the show are not are things that we kind of already have but just are not in widespread use so like amazon is already experimenting with delivery drones um 
household AI, like you, everybody has like a little Google Home. Not everybody, but Google Home and Siri and Alexa. Those things are common. Um, mono wheel cycles are already. I see people with their little electric unicycles all the time, like knocking people over on the sidewalk. So like, <laughs> it, it's basically it's taking things that we already have and like asking the question of like, what if they become widespread, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the earlier episodes of the show are kind of dominated by this tension between Serufu and Pudding. Um, and Pudding kind of represents this uh, relentless march towards modernity. So, like, she's possessed with this urge to discard anything that she views as outdated or obsolete. Um, but this, including Seraphim, exactly, this urge kind of upends her life when suddenly the next thing that seems outdated to her is Serufu. Um, because she didn't get into this prestigious, like, bleeding-edge technical school, right? Um, and Serufu, at the same time, is this kind of embodiment of, like, a laissez-faire, like, traditionalism. Like, so she doesn't have the same need for, like, the next-gen technology that Putin does, but also, by the same token, it doesn't bother her, right? She kind of, she knows that she needs to change, and she's aware of her flaws, but she's not in a rush to reinvent herself, you know? Um, she kind of just takes things as they come and on the surface, these two personalities should clash and they should be completely incompatible, but they actually aren't. Um, and I feel one of the things I really like about the show is the way that it handles that dynamic, because while they occupy completely different ends of the spectrum, um, Serifu doesn't resist change and Putin is excels at adaptability and these two qualities are kind of what allow them to reconcile their relationship. And, you know, kind of on a philosophical level, they represent a hope for achieving progress without discarding everything that kind of represents our past, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah, that's kind of like the deeper message that's there for this show. Um, and I- it's it it is this kind of like you know, existential clash between, like, you know, technology and tradition and all of that sort of stuff. And and at least for me, like, I, I think that's what really struck a chord with me in this show, aside from just the wonderful characters, is, you know, this space that it makes for the for you know these projects even in this world right right and it shows how like you can have all this stuff but like there there is an importance to it and it's like it's a skill that's not worth you know losing or letting you know go by the wayside yeah like i like i i am very traditionalist in the sense that like I think that it is in most people's best interest to have a general knowledge of, you know, how to use a screw gun, how to hammer in a nail, you know, to to just live in the world and do those sorts of things. But at the same time, I'm also, like, I work in technology. <laughs> like, I very much believe in, you know modernization and and you know automation and stuff like i have smart things in my home but also you know i the desk justin is recording at i built Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's kind of the the central question that this show is asking it's like in a in a world where you can 3d print any like if you can 3d print a bench why would you build one and i think that's the question that this show is going to answer you know or is seeking to answer 
Well, and and what I I think is nice about it is is that there's room for both, and and I really think there is, and and I think that's what Purin is learning through the show. Yeah, I think it's definitely um, it's definitely kind of a, almost a one sided learning process because Serufu Serufu knows her flaws, like I mentioned. So like she knows she's clumsy. She knows she needs to. Um, to like kind of work on her on like her attention to detail and stuff. Putin doesn't necessarily realize what her kind of main issue is until later on in the show. And she's learned we're watching her learn that through Serufu, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting sure. way to do this. Um one other thing I wanted to talk about this show that I really like is that it is not at all presented um for the male gaze. Um, and this is something that I enjoy quite a bit because, uh, there's actually not a single moment of it. Uh, and I really appreciate that in a show sometimes. And this is something that's interesting given that Pine Jam also does Tawawa on a Monday, um, which is, (laughs) so (laughs) that's a topic for another discussion, but it it did strike (laughs) me as odd that like, it was like, oh, here's this really like well done, like non-fan service show. Uh, but also they do the most fan service show also. Um, but uh, I don't know. I was thinking about it. it. It might be kind of odd for me as like a cishet male to say that I appreciate that the show is not made for the male gaze. But when I say male gaze, I'm talking about the quote unquote male gaze. Um, but I don't think it actually is. I think, um, I kind of, I, I get tired of being pandered to with Males only want sometimes. one thing and it's, and it's cozy anime about DIY projects. Exactly. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do enjoy fan service sometimes, but like, I don't need studios to constantly beat me over the head with it like hey dumb dumb look boobs butts like pay attention like i don't know i i i think on that note there's you know there's very much a place like for it right like contextually like going back to earlier in the show right like henjo is you know wildly different property it is partially about the etchy yeah in a show like this, it would be so out of place to, like, have, like, cleavage or, like, a lingering thigh shot or something like that. Yeah. And and recognizing that and, like, putting the story and the characters first is, is important into telling a good story. Yeah. You know? And I think one of the important things about the way this show handles it is it doesn't do that by completely discarding common anime tropes. Because, like, there's beach episodes and there's bathing scenes. But during these scenes, the characters are never sexualized. So, like, you know, sometimes a show will accomplish this by basically treating their characters like nuns. Like, they don't show any skin and they don't ever do anything. Like, and, you know, that's that's something to do, too. But, like, that's not the case here with DIY. Um, and I think Kokoro, the, uh, the, the girl from the other school... Uh, the cat girl um, is the perfect example of how to design a character who can show her skin um, without being the subject of fan service. And I, I, you know, I think it it might sound like a minor thing, um, but this is something that did contribute to my enjoyment of the show, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's, it's weird because they have like multiple bathing scenes, which is why I can't watch it at work. Yes. Um, But I, I actually use this as a, as a point in another podcast episode in that like this is one of those shows where like you know they have a bathing scene so i'm you know not gonna have that playing at work because out of context yeah but like in the context of it there's nothing 
sexual about it. It's it's just like the thing that makes you know the scene you were talking about like with at the beach so interesting too is like there's actually an entire conversation about their bathing suits and they show off their bathing suits, but it's not sexualized in the way like normally it would be like the protagonist like watching the you know main girl try on different bathing suits yeah very, like lewd. it was just like girls talking about like oh what bathing suit did you bring to the beach and it's like uh, this one you know and it was just like totally just a thing and and just a normal real conversation i think that made all the difference too yeah absolutely i think i definitely think you're you're right about that um and i really appreciate that about this show um the other thing I appreciated about this show is when they when they did the thing, when they said the name of the show, because I don't know, some of you guys may or may not have put it together yet if you haven't watched the show, but the protagonist's name is Yua Serufu. So obviously, in I think it was the second episode, she's, she and the group of the cast, the, the group of the club say, do it, Yua Serufu, which is her name and also the name of the show. And I had yeah. I, I had a Leonardo DiCaprio on the couch moment when that happened. <laughs> I think I might have literally had a beer in my hand. <laughs> Pointed at the TV. Yeah, with the snap. <laughs> um, they did the thing. Yeah, um, I appreciated that. I like when they say the name of the show in the show. Um, that's great. Yeah, it, that was really wonderful it's for me like i think my favorite part of the show is the american girl okay yeah she's great <laughs> like I, I she is probably my favorite american character in an anime i think i've ever seen um i really she just like I love the way she speaks English. I love the way the way she speaks English is great, but I love the way she speaks Japanese. I think they did a really yeah. good job of finding a voice actor who will speak Japanese with an English accent, which is not easy. Yes. You know? No, you're totally right. Uh, it is like the way she speaks because especially because the way you speak Japanese is like fundamentally different than the way you speak English, not just in like the words or the language, but like in the tone of it. Yeah. Just, it's like, it's a, it's a much more polite, soft, not, you know, American, like loud, verbose, sharp kind of like tone. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you see that carry through in when she's speaking English and when she's speaking Japanese, um, She's also just kind of like a, a very like practical character. Like I said, I, I love how all of the characters are differentiated. So like, you know, the the leader of the club, I think, is really cool and, you know, has a lot of dimension. Uh, the cat girl is just really fun. Yeah. Um, and you know me, I always love the Gyaru. Of course. Um, <laughs> I also I, I love uh, the way that the, the American girl says, good job, pudding. Good job, pudding. <laughs> uh, yes, I just, I maybe I need my text message tone to just be her saying good job. Or maybe very nice. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, I love her. She's um, great. But, All the characters are great. But yeah. Even even their yeah, advisor, even, she's great. The advisor's great. Her, um, you know, Serifu's mother is really good. Like, even the littlest characters that, like, cross the 
the screen are are well fleshed out and you get a sense of who they are very quickly and in a very show don't tell sort of way too yeah even even pudding's mom is great too like you don't see her you only see her in one episode um but she's great it's funny they do a really good job of building her up to be like oh my god my mom is super strict like she this is really bad if she catches it and then she walks in and she's like oh okay yeah that's fine perfectly cool <laughs> yeah i'm just going to let this random person live in my house yeah it's totally cool you you got money for expenses awesome um great. have fun but yeah any anything else you wanted to hit on uh, diy before we move on to bochi the rock um i will say uh if you are looking for them to do a lot of DIY. That's maybe the only complaint I'd have with it. I I could have gone for more of it because I like when they actually do it and they have some decent tips. Yeah. Um. It's and that's like one thing I like about kind of niche shows is usually they get into the content. Like you know with Super Cub, like they got real deep into like all of that, and I feel like this one is really more about the relationships than the topic. Yeah, it's not like um, it's not like Yuru Camp where you're gonna learn a bunch about like camping and like destinations in Japan. They kind of they have one big project that they do as opposed to a bunch of little ones. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing to note about the show, of course. Um, but you know, I think if you have even the slightest passing interest in slice of life. Um, and you just want kind of like a, a really easygoing but like interesting story and character piece, this is a strong recommend. Yeah, absolutely. I highly recommend the show. Obviously, we wouldn't be talking about it in this episode if I didn't. Um, again, it's it's got a little something for if you just want a cute girl's story, it's there for you. But if you want a deeper story about like, you know, some philosophical questions, it's there for you, you know? Yeah. Um... um and I think with that, uh, we're going to jump into Bochi, yeah. uh, which Best Boy Justin's going to take us through. But I think if you had to watch one other show this season, I'm going to say it should be Bochi the Rock. Yeah, I think you should watch both of these shows. Um, yes. But yeah, Bochi the Rock is an anime adaptation of Aki Hamaji's four-panel manga of the same name. Um, it is currently streaming on Crunchyroll with episodes releasing on Saturdays, so definitely check it out. Um Yearning to make friends and perform live with a band, lonely and socially anxious Hitori uh, Bochi Goto uh, devotes her time to playing the guitar. On a fateful day, Bochi meets the outgoing drummer uh, Nijika Ijichi, who invites her to join Kesoku Band, which literally means zip tie band, Um, when their guitarist Ikuyo Kita flees before their first show. Soon after, Bochi meets her final bandmate, the cool bassist Ryo Yamada. Um, although their first performance together is subpar, the girls feel empowered by their shared love for music, and they are soon rejoined by Kita. Finding happiness in performing, Bochi and her bandmates put their hearts into improving as musicians while making the most of their fleeting high school days. Um, and this this description actually doesn't really do service to the show no. at all. This is kind of the description you would write about the show if the show was like your typical idol anime, and it is not. But we're going to talk a little bit more about and it in a minute. Honestly, because we make our initial opinions on like what shows we're going to watch for this season, this wasn't on our list. No, it wasn't. Um because like we read that and we're like, okay, 
another idol show like which is probably on us we should probably watch more idol shows but it just you know didn't seem like it would be something we'd be into yeah but it definitely was um but before we get deeper into it we're going to talk a little bit about the music obviously this is a music um anime so there's going to be tons of music um but specifically we're going to talk about the op and the eds um the op is uh seishun complex by kesoku band and you might recognize that name that is the name of the band in the show the all of the songs in this show from the ops and the eds but also the songs inside the episodes um and all the music thereof is actually done by the cast of the show um the cast of the show is kesoku band and you can actually buy their CD. It comes out on the 28th. They have a full-length CD coming out. Um, Yo, I'm going to listen to that because the, the music slaps. Yeah, the music is really good. And the OP is no exception. Um, without ex- exaggeration, this is definitely one of the best OPs of the year. Um, it's definitely up there with Chainsaw Man um, as far as OPs are concerned. I really, really like it. Um, as far as mixed nuts, yeah. As far as the EDs are concerned, um, we actually have three so far. I think we'll have four by the time the um, the season ends. Uh, the first one is called Distortion. Um, it's more of an upbeat kind of bass heavy song than the OP. Um, it's really nice. I love the chibi drawings of the characters, um, and that's something that's going to continue across all three of the EDs. All of them are accompanied by. Uh, visuals that feature chibi versions of bochi and the rest of the cast um the second ed is called katakata um all again all of these are by kisoku band um definitely this one has more of like a prog rock feel to it um which i really enjoy it's probably my favorite of all of the ed songs uh that we have so far um and the visuals kind of showcase like a little bochi in her sad girl phase which is kind of cute. Um, it's got all like the raindrops and the umbrellas and stuff. Um, and then ED3 is um, the song, it, it, the title probably doesn't translate well. It's called What Is Wrong With? Um, so I don't, that's not a complete thought. But um, this is more of a box standard anime ED. Um, it's got a lot of the rock elements you would ex- uh, expect from this show. And also the chibi characters do little cute dances, um, which I, of course, appreciate. Um, and, you know, as we dive into talking a little bit more of the show, I want to say, I think, you know, off the top, this is probably the most underrated show of the season. And not just by us. Yes, obviously we did sleep oh, on yeah. it in the beginning because we have a blind spot for a kind of idol anime. But I think overall, the talk about this show has been that it was that you if you're missing it, you're missing out. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is like such a gem and and i think one thing that it's probably a good time to get into with it is that what makes this show great yeah is not the music it's not you know anything on the surface it is about bochi and and this character with this extreme social anxiety um so why don't we, and, Dan, why don't you describe the show yeah. in a much better detail than the synopsis did? Oh, tell us, tell okay. us about Bochi. Tell us about, <laughs> like, tell us the why, why is this show so good compared to how they kind of described it in the synopsis? So uh, Bochi, you know, they, they talk about her social anxiety and 
were kind of privy to her internal monologue. And the show is done in this one particular art style. And then you get these moments where we break into her mind and we get these splashes of Sakuga, which are on par with pretty much anything I've ever seen animated in a show, uh, in anime, when it is animated, because there are times where it's claymation. There's times where it's stop motion. There's times where it's a Um, painting. There's times where it's a painting. There's times where it's pictures. Um, There's times where it's, like, videos. Um, The Sakuga in this show is insane, and it is all very purposefully done and kind of only instigated in these sort of panic attack moments that she has throughout the show. Yeah. Um, And on the, when I say that on the surface, it sounds, you know, very exaggerated, but it's weirdly one of the most accurate depictions of a kind of social anxiety disorder that i have seen in anime (laughs) yeah really in in a lot of media um just in the way it's depicted because really this show is kind of about depicting feelings um yeah i think i think bochi is definitely one of the most relatable depictions of like an introverted socially anxious character um one of the thing that stuck out to me the most, I think this was like episode one or two where this happened, where she's talking about how she has tried and failed to make friends is like, she's like, I don't understand what happened. Like I put on the band t-shirt. I took out the music magazine. I, I brought my guitar to school. Why aren't people just coming up to me and talking to me about it? Because like, that's a thing that introverted people do is that they don't want to go out and do the work to meet people. So they just kind of set themselves up in situations where they expect, where they they hope that other people will just come up to them and do that part of the work, you know? Um, and I thought that was like, while I was watching that, I was like, kind of like, this is the other end of the spectrum from what we get with like a show like Comey Can't Communicate. Because like in that show, it's kind of depicted as like, oh, she's like the princess of the of the school, but secretly she has social anxiety. Whereas this show is like, she has social anxiety and her parents and her sister and her family, they all know about it. And like, it's kind of like something that they're used to, you know? Well, and uh, honestly, now that you bring that up too, I love how her friends react. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause at first they freak out. They're like, Oh my God, she's just like, stop talking. What's wrong with her. But like by episode four or five, they're like, Oh, Bochi exploded. Oh yeah. She's, she's gone. Yeah. (laughs) Bochi's in her own world again. Like they, they're just used to it. Like they've gotten used to her kind of quirks and her anxieties and stuff, which is, I feel like a natural progression. Yeah. And talking about it, it's like really kind of striking me how much of the Sakuga really is only in her head. And it's just like, the people just kind of understand what she's going through. They're like, oh yeah, she's in her head. She's seeing all these crazy things. Yeah. And like, they're just like kind of gently like, Bochi, come back, come back, Bochi. (laughs) And, and on that note, it's like, it's a really heartwarming story about like friendship. And, and I love the journey of character growth that we're getting with Bochi from this. Cause like, Comey is is very like 
formulaic where it's like she's got to make a hundred friends it sets up a formula you can introduce new characters you put them in new situations you can combine them in different ways yada 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 this is like a very like oh bochi is presented with like a new like thing that's like builds on skills she's gathered up till this point yeah to you know push her a little bit further outside of her bubble you know to like get her to you know serve a customer a drink you know face to face and not from under the bar yeah or like to to kind of to performing on the street you know like how does she make that jump between like literally hiding in her closet only playing her guitar for her youtube channel to literally being a street performer like how how yeah, does your liter- how, how does someone you're with this social anxiety someone, do that? You're asking someone to go from like the most recluse to the most like you know outgoing thing possible, which is like you know a rock guitar player. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I guess along those lines, you know, speaking of, of being a rock guitar player, we should talk about the music because the music, as I mentioned when we were talking about the OP and the EDs is phenomenal it's so good um it's good it's well animated holy shit it is. can we talk about like the actual like performance scenes like yeah they do such a good job of like hyping you up like when the band's doing good and and going along with the music they play the music to their ability within the context of the show. Yes. So, like, they they have a performance where they start out doing bad because they're not in the groove yet. And, like, you hear it, you see it in the animation, and then, like, they have a moment where it's, like, like it, like, picks up and, like, the, the cinematography gets, like, really interesting. Like, they do a lot of really cool, like, down-the-neck-of-the-guitar shots. Yeah, that's one that um, I really wanted to, to talk about because it, when I saw it at first, I recognized it immediately. And it's that shot that a lot of bands use where they will clip a GoPro like the onto, GoPro. The, yeah, yeah, onto yeah. the head of the guitar um, and so that it's looking down the fretboard as they're playing. And they did such a good job of making the camera move with her movements on the guitar. It was so perfectly executed. It's And it's so well done that I can't tell if it's animated, rotoscoped, or CG. Yeah, it's really well done. If it is CG, I will be incredibly impressed. I don't know. I probably should have looked it up, but I, I didn't because I'm a hacker I fraud. Think but My read on it is that there are a couple of shots, like full band shots, where their bodies are moving. That looks CG to me. Mm-hmm. But I think the guitar moves might be rotoscoped, which would be really impressive. Yeah. I mean, overall, you know, we've said this before, a show that is about music has to have good music, otherwise it's not a good show, right? Um, and this show knocks it out but of the it, park. Like, the, the, the OP gets stuck in my head on the regular, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> um, but also the, like, cinematography is very, like, of a rock like show too yeah it feels like you're watching like kind of like an underground rock concert video almost yeah and even the other bands too i think they do a good job of kind of like playing to their space too like i like the um oh i love yeah the um the drunk girls band the the psychedelic rock band that was so cool yeah um which uh 
we should talk about like some of the great characters too. Yeah, because Dan Dan uh, guessed my favorite character because I guess <laughs> I have a type. I mean this uh, this character is your type. Yeah. Um, like I don't know if there's anyone been more perfectly mapped to you. Yeah, it's basically it's, it's this this kind of drunk girl that Bochi runs into who is also in a band. And, like, she kind of gets Bochi, like, Bochi's, like, worried about her, like, ability to to get rid of these ticket quotas that she has. Um, and she's like, oh, well, we'll just play on the street and, you know, we'll just do it. And, like, she kind of, she's this force in Bochi's life that kind of is, like, almost dragging her along by the heels. Mm-hmm. But is, like, really important for her. And, yeah, she's a, she's a, a silly little little drunk goofball and she's my favorite character she's like weirdly kind of her mentor yeah in a way that you kind of hope that <laughs> bochi doesn't kind of turn out like that because yeah, right. well, also her takeaway is because like, she was she was bochi but rather than like gain confidence she drank alcohol yeah which is also the same thing so <laughs> which is liquid confidence yeah they don't call it liquid courage for nothing um <laughs> But yeah, so that's my favorite character. But all the characters in this show are great. Before she was introduced, my favorite character was the bassist because she's hilarious. Oh my god, the bassist is so great because for the longest time you think she's like just this like super like strategic kind of like cool like devil may care attitude girl, and then you kind of realize she's dumb. Yeah, she's kind of dumb. She's bad with money. <laughs> Um, she's a little bit of a jerk, um, but she's really funny. Um, and in, I mean, she's still super rad. Um, yeah, I she's love great. Her confidence. Um, yeah. Then they have like she's, the the singer Aita. She's great. Um, I love how she's kind of she she's depicted as like being kind of an airhead at first, um, but it turns out that she's just in love with the bassist. Um, so like she she is. At the same time, a more and less complex character than she is initially presented as, um, which I think is yeah, done really well. Everyone kind of has has like very like uh, subverted expectations of who they like really are. Yeah, even even the manager. So like the manager who is the the drummer's sister and who manages the live house is like she's she you see it looks like at first like oh she's like a really strict like kind of. Um, you know, taskmaster who expects the, you know, her sister and the girls to live up to the same expectations as she does with every other band who plays in the, in the venue. But at the same time, she also is like, a like she really loves her sister um, and she wants her to succeed and she wants to give them the tools that they need in order to improve and succeed, you know? Yeah. Everything she does is like with an eye towards helping her sister and the band out. Yeah. Um, um, we, we talked about this a little bit, but the, the, one of the things that I'm really, that really just knock me, throw me for a loop are just like the different, the breadth of the different animation styles that are presented in this, this anime. So like, oh yeah, the, 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 the best example is like, how is the moment of the show that I was waiting for you to experience? And like for the <laughs> longest time, 
Dan was not watching the show. And I was like, Dan, you need to watch the show. There's a moment in this particular episode that I need you to see. And like, he just, he didn't see it and he didn't see it. And then finally you started watching it and you knew exactly what the moment was when it happened. (laughs) It, I will say that entire episode, the whole time I was so fixated on like, because it had been so long since I had watched it. That when I finally did, I was like, is this it? Is this it? No, I feel like I'll know. And then when it happened, I was like, is this it? And then the episode ended and I was like, that had to be it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no other question. Um, it's, you know, A, the animation style is great for that moment, but it does get into the point of the show is... Uh, we have talked about what an amazing animation force it is musical force you know character you know a depiction of um mental health all this sort of stuff which is nothing to say that this is what maybe the funniest show that has aired this year oh my god it's hilarious like i don't actually i can't remember a show i so i judge things to be truly funny if they can make me laugh when I'm alone. Because mm. when I'm alone, I don't laugh out loud a lot. Yeah, me neither. When I'm with people, I'm more likely to. But if something can make me laugh when I'm by myself, then that is funny. And the show does this on, on the regular, I would say. Yeah, the show constantly um, makes me laugh out loud. One of the moments that I wanted to point out that really made me laugh <laughs> was in episode four, where Bochi is like, she has to enter this restaurant because she's meeting with uh, Rio, the bassist, right? And she's like, how do I even enter a restaurant? Like, I can barely enter a convenience store. I don't, like, am I supposed to say something when I go, when I walk in? And so she ends up walking in and she just out loud to the entire restaurant goes, are you winning diners? And everyone kind of looks at her like, what the fuck? But like Rio, obviously who knows her and is used to her by now just goes, Oh, Hey Bochi, I'm over here. Like it's completely normal for her. Oh my God. I, I love it too, because like the reality of that too, is this introvert, her probably only context of someone entering is that meme. Yeah. It's, oh, a show is so funny. Her reactions, the way they animate them are, like, hysterical. It's it's basically just, like, the feeling of anxiety just, like, as an animation. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's done really well. Um, overall, the show is just completely knocking it out of the park. Like, it's got, it's really kind of... It, all of its various facets and um, elements are tied together in just a way that it, it's it's really satisfying. It feels good to watch. You know, it's not just a, it's not just a cute girls doing cute things show. It is a show that is that is very much that, and then also so much more. You know. Oh yeah, it's that. It's a good story. It's a comedy. It's good music an art piece. It's. Yeah, it's, you know, a badass, like, rock, you know, show. Like, there's a lot going on. And this is a show that if people were willing to try it out, I think so many more people would enjoy this than than would expect. Like, if all, like, you know, hesitations and, like, societal complexes were taken away, like, this show could easily be hugely popular, you know, across so many demographics 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, do you have any uh, anything any last uh, kind of words about uh, about Bochi the Rock, Best Boy Dan? No, I th- I think you need to stop me now while I'm like catching my breath before I go on for six <laughs> hours more about how much I like this show. <laughs> All right, well there you have it, best buds. Um, Bochi the Rock. It's our it's our big recommendation for this season. If you're not watching it, you absolutely should be. You've got some time with a you know I think the the final episode is going to be airing next week uh, or this week. I don't remember. Um, but uh, you know you've got plenty of time now that the season's ending, and we've got until the beginning of January before the new one starts. So maybe this is one you should. If you're if you're only gonna pick up one, you should pick up this one. If you're gonna pick up two, pick up this one and DIY. Um, absolutely agree with that. Yep. And with that being said, you know, let us know what you think. Are there any other shows that you're watching that are off the beaten path that you think we should check out? Um, are you watching these shows? What do you think about them? Uh, hit us up, send us a DM. Uh, we're on Instagram at bestboys underscore pod, or you can send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Seriously, just, you know, if you even just want to chat about some other anime that you're watching, our DMs are open. So uh, hit us up. Um, slide in. Slide on in. Um, but yeah, that about does it for this episode. Our little seasonal spotlights, power tools, and power rock. Um, thank you for joining us and uh, have a happy holidays out there, best buds. Yeah, happy holidays. Good night. Good night.